0: Good, everybody. Welcome back to Diamond Talk. And the official season is about to start. Not that crap that you saw the last six months with players like Garrett Cole and Francisco Lindor, that crap. We're talking about the postseason. This is real baseball now. I'm here with Robin Nickman. How you guys doing?
1: Damn, man. Not you opening up by like shitting on like New York's favorites. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> but, anyways, I'm doing good. Definitely my favorite time of the year when it comes to baseball just because, like, there's so many topics, right? We're, we're talking playoffs, like, and then upcoming offseason topics, everything like that. Baseball's hot right now. So, definitely good to be here.
2: I'm just sitting over here doing that Rick James meme for all the people who don't watch baseball till the playoffs. And all of a sudden, yo, baseball playoffs, this is fire. This is the best playoffs in, in the world. Yes, it is. And we're about to talk about it.
0: And today, Nick is especially happy. I don't know if you guys heard the news over the weekend, but a certain person. A certain weirdo, like, I'm honestly, Gabe Kapler is one of the weirdest people I've, I've, I've ever, like, heard of his story. Like, I don't know him personally. Like, we don't hang out. But he's a weird-ass dude from what I've seen on TV and from what people say about him. He's been fired. Season's not even over and he's already out of a job. How do you get fired, like, a day before your last day? That's, like, the kid who gets expelled, like, a day before graduation. Like, like what's wrong with you? How does that even happen? But Gabe Kapler has been fired, which what that means for us is, welcome back to the West Coast, Nick, man. How does how's, how's it feel?
2: Oh, man, I don't have to wake up early to watch games. I got to stay up late to watch them now. This is going to be exciting. I'm back to the orange and black. Still got my Pirates you know, fandom, so that's not going anywhere. But I, I said the day that Gabe Kapler's gone, I'm going to be back. And sure enough, maybe even go to the game today, just to show some support. But, yeah, it's it's a happy day in the mono household. We're all aligned with being Giants fans.
0: This is the happiest I've seen Nick, man. He's, not, he's like all Giants up, right? He has the World Series jersey. The Giants had on. It looks like it's, it's, it's like the opening day for him, right? Like, this is, the, this is the biggest smile I've seen on his face in a long time. So, so congrats to Nick. Congrats to the Giants fan, honestly. I, I don't think Kapler was a good manager. So, I mean, we'll see who goes back there. But, I mean, look, we don't have to talk about it too much, man. But what do you think this means for the Giants mo- moving forward? And, Nick, you tell us, man, because you're going to be the most in tune with it.
2: I think it's going to be great because I think you have a lot of good quality managers that are going to be willing to come over. And if you get the right one, you're going to start getting those big name you know, the big name stars that you've been losing out on. I do think Gabe Kapler was a reason you don't get a Bryce Harper was a reason that you don't get an Aaron judge and having him out of there as much as I've heard that he's a player's manager, he is weird. And there's a certain level of weirdness that fit in San Francisco. Like that's the city you can do it in, but it doesn't mean your players necessarily want to go there, especially your big name stars. And in one sense, he was bigger than any of, he's well more well known than any of the players outside of maybe Brandon Crawford. Like that's the only guy that you have on the team that is more well known across baseball than Gabe Kapler because of how weird he is. Um, I see a lot better play on the field. I see a lot less of mixing and matching, which it went well with Farhan Zaidi's, you know, front office antics. But we're going to get, I think, a real manager. I, you know, nothing against Kapler. He did what he could with analytics and the the team that he was given. And to be honest, I mean, to have a 543 winning percentage with the players that he had to have on the field, I mean, this year he really had two starters all year. He had Logan Webb and Alex Cobb. Like those are the only guys you'd have. And you're wanting five or six guys. So it's really nothing is his managerial what he was able to do with the team that he had. But I think the Giants are looking on the up and up right now. The rookies that they have are actually pretty good. It's not, you know, it's not the Braves farm system. It's not the Rays farm system by any stretch of the imagination. But they've got a good young system that's coming up. It's definitely not the Orioles. And they've got some players that can play. They've got a lot of major league average type of players. And then if you get a couple stars on there that raise up the level of the guys they have, I think the Giants can going to be on the upswing. Are they going to compete for the NL West next year? No, not a chance. But are they definitely there for that second spot? I mean, should they kind of be penciled in for a wild card spot next year? Yeah, I do think so, especially with the money they have to spend this offseason. Look, they're probably not going to get Otani as much as that's a great signing and a great thing. You know, that's the guy that you want. I could easily see them getting an Aaron Nola. And you put an Aaron Nola on that staff, that's a big change because you've got a guy that even at a 4-5 or five ERA, like that's a that's better than what they have now, and you're guaranteeing 30 33 starts a year. That's a big deal for a Giants rotation who hasn't had that. And you take them from Philadelphia, you know, one of the best hitters' parks in baseball, to San Francisco. That four or five ERA maybe comes down to a three five. I think there's a lot of angles to go with here, and it opens up a lot. The manager that they choose is going to be a big difference for who they get this offseason, So it's it's a very important choice. And all the Giants fans or baseball people out there, get your name, get Buster Posey out of your head. He can't manage the team. He is a co he's a partial owner. Like he has he has stock in the team. He cannot be the manager. As awesome as that might be, he cannot be there. So don't think about that. There's a ton of options out there, though, from guys who don't have a job now to guys who are on other teams right now, <clears throat> Bob Melvin. Like there are a lot of options out there to get over to the Giants that could really make this team be successful immediately and for the long term.
0: Man, I you know, I I like, I like where the Giants are heading. Uh, I like the young guys. Marco Luciano, I think is be a very—he's a very under the radar guy right now, especially because he's playing on the like Pacific West Coast, right? Like, so people don't really talk about him as a prospect. Talk Kyle Harris and Patrick Bailey. Some of these younger guys who came up, Casey Schmidt, who came up and just did really well. You know, haven't blown blown the world away yet, but they're young. They're you know, I think Otani comes in next year and becomes the manager. That's that's how that's that's the contract he signs
1: to manage the Giants, man. Yo, Rob, anything on this, buddy? Yeah, no, I, I think, look, I think the, the manager search should be super simple on San Francisco's end. Um, Nick mentioned, you know, Bob Melvin. I don't know necessarily about Bob Melvin in terms of fit. I know Bob Melvin will probably be looking for a job because I'd be super surprised if he's still the manager of the Padres, you know, come, come off season's end. Um, I think he will be let go. So I think Bob Melvin will definitely be a name that's tossed out there. Joe Espada, who we've talked about multiple times on this podcast he was one of the finalists for the San Francisco job when they hired Gabe Kapler so they they've had interest in him before and i'm he's available like he always is when one of these jobs opens up and then he just doesn't he's he always seems to be a finalist but just doesn't get any of the positions and then these teams just end up firing their manager a couple years down the line so i think Joe Espada is another name that you know it, it is up for an opportunity it's going to be interesting but yeah like nick mentioned San Francisco still has a little bit to go. I think they need to add a star on both ends. Uh, another pitcher would definitely help their rotation. Uh, a star on the offensive end would definitely help their lineup. Um, Like a star, like a Bryce Harper, like an Aaron Judge, you need that type of level bat in in that you know stadium on that team to kind of push forward. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do here in the coming years. Yeah, I think what, what I hated the most about Kapler was he was a hipster just to say he
0: was a hipster right? Like, I, would, I don't know if you guys ever seen, like, an interview in his office. He has, like, an Einstein poster behind him. And look, if you love Einstein, I don't care. Like, good for you. But, like, you know that you have that there just to have the attention for it, right? Like, it's not needed. Like, you're not going in there looking at Einstein and being like, oh, this is how I'm going to manage my team. Like, no. Like, you're just doing it because that's a hipster-ass thing to do, and that's what you per- portray to be as a fucking hipster. So, it was like, yeah, no, it's time for you to be gone, man. Like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad. Like, I don't yeah, I don't know, Gabe Calvin, maybe he's the nicest person on Earth. But to me, he seems kind of like a douchebag. Um, that that's just me, though. You know what I mean? Um, but we'll see what happens. Man, other stuff happened around the AL. Man, right now, both Yandi Diaz and Corey Seager are tied at three thirty for the AL batting title. Just real quick, man, who do you think wins it? If if anybody wins it, it might be a tie. Rob, I'll start with you, man.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely. Um, I'll give it to Seager. I think Seager has been, you know, even though he's missed a good amount of games this season, I think he's been the hotter, the hotter hitter here in the, in this last stretch here. Um, I think he'll he'll end up edging out Yandy Diaz. For Yandy Diaz, it'd be big because he'd be the, the first guy in, in Rays history to win the batting title for that franchise. But, yeah, give me Sigur on this one.
2: I got Yandy Diaz because I think he's going to have a little bit tougher matchup. I believe he's going against George Kirby today, and George Kirby could be on like on fire, even though the, the <clears throat> Mariners don't have anybody to play for. Kirby can be really, really dirty, even though he wants to come out in the seventh inning. Um, so I'm going to go with Yandy Diaz. I think he has a better opportunity to get a few hits today.
0: I'm stuck in, in a position where... I think Seeger wins it just because his team needs the, the the game more, so he's probably gonna be a little bit more locked into Yandy than Yandy. But like, I want Yandy to win it just because he's been playing all year. So it's he's had he has more at bats. Um, he's had a difficult time. Right? It, it's harder the more at bats you get. Usually, the, the lower your average gets. So I want Yandy to win it because of that. But also, you know, what's it called Corey Seeger needs a big game if they're gonna win the West to, to, uh, the next couple of days. So it could go either way. I'm, I'm gonna going to Yandi, though. Maybe he's just relaxing. He's gonna go out there and lay out like four hits in, in the next uh couple of days. Next thing, Frederick Freeman is about to hit 60 doubles, and that has some historical significance. Rob, what about how about you tell us about it?
1: Yeah, man. Look, I'm I'm hoping Freddie Freeman could get the, the his 60th double today. The last time we even saw anyone get to 59 was Todd Helton back in 2000. Um so he he was able to match that on his end. 60 would be huge he'd only be the seventh player in MOB history to be able to get 60 doubles in a in a single season and anyone who's in front of him who's been able to get 60 or more it all happened in the 1930s so it's not even like something that's that remotely has happened close to our existence um so it'd be huge for Freddie Freeman especially on top of this season where you know we've talked about it before he's not going to be the NL MVP but he will be you know, one of the top three finalists on, on what would have been an MVP level season in any other year if it wasn't for Mookie Betts and the existence of Ronald Acuna Jr.
0: Nick, what about you? You're a big history buff. What do you, how do you feel about uh, Mr. Freeman's, uh, his own history, potentially, in the next couple of days?
2: I mean, I love it for Freddie Freeman. I mean, he, this is one of the classiest guys in the game. You know, the way that he left Atlanta with all the backstories, He like he's one of the few guys I would love to talk to to see what really happened, even though he probably would never tell anybody. Um, but, I mean, he's just – he's a good dude. He's a great guy to have in the game. For him to be a part of history, one of seven, I think he's deserving. You know, there's very few players that I ever watched live and like, yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. Freddie Freeman's one of those guys for me. I mean, I can think all the way back to even watching Craig Vigio, thinking the whole time through his entire career, like, This guy's good, but he's not that good. And then by the end of it, it's like, shit, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Freddie Freeman's one of the guys that I look at and I'm watching. Yeah, this guy's a Hall of Famer. like One of those guys, if he quit right now, he's probably in the Hall of Fame. And I just can't. He keeps getting better with age, too, it seems like. So I I love it. I think he deserves to be a part of history. He's not one of those guys that when he hits that milestone, you're like, really? This guy? Like This is the guy that did it? So I think it's awesome for Freeman. I think he deserves a notch in his belt. And I think it's great for the game. Just sucks he's doing a Dodgers uniform.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, man. I think with Freddie, like, I get it. He's going to be there for the next eight to ten years. But to me, he's always going to be an Atlanta Brave. I just think he's just so much part of that organization in, in ways that, you know, now we don't talk about as much because, you know, obviously Atlanta's killing it, so they're making their own history. But, um, you know, when you get for Freddie, do, do, doing some big things out here. Um, last person we want to mention, well, a couple we want to mention, but we're going to start off with Bobby Witt Jr. He is a stolen base away from having a 30-50 season. Thirty home runs, fifty stolen bases. Um, You know, last couple of years we've seen a couple of guys kind of get to that mark. This year's Bobby Witt Jr. Um, I mean, he's kind of underrated just because he plays with Kansas City. But I don't know. Give me, give me a quick kind of like forecast of where you think Bobby Witt Jr.'s career goes because he's showing out to be pretty much one of the best, if not like already probably a top five shortstop in the game. If we look at it like objectively. What, what do you see the future of Bobby Wood Jr. going after this year? Uh, Rob, I'll start with you.
1: Yeah, man, his, his career, uh, honestly, if he stays healthy, his career is going to be fantastic. I think it, it, it's a massive jump that he took um, here for the Kansas City Royals. I think that m- might end up being the problem for him long term, right? I don't know if he ends up being a long term Kansas City Royal just because I think his value is going to get to a point where, I mean, Bobby Wood Jr., If if you saw, if, if, if we're talking about Treya Turner and Dander Bogarts of the world, you know, and they got their $300 million contracts, Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be right in that ballpark, p- potentially even more when his time comes. Talk about a guy who was, I forget exactly where we had him last season, you know, coming into, into this year. I think we might have had him eighth or ninth in, you know, overall at shortstop. A guy who's easily a top five shortstop in the game right now. I mean, if, if he gets uh, his stolen base and puts up that 30 50, you talk about a guy who, underrated, underrated in the game of baseball, puts up a 30-50 season. You're talking about Ronald Acuna Jr. who did it, who's doing it currently right now this year, Barry Bonds and Eric Davis. Like, that's it. Those are the only people who've done it. And for Bobby Wood Jr. to do that out in Kansas City, man, I know a lot of these big market team, the Yankees, I, yo, you get the, the chance to acquire a Bobby Wood Jr. I mean, any team should be salivating at the opportunity to get a, a, a ball player of this caliber on their team. Yeah, if he
2: keeps developing, I mean, this is a Francisco Lindor type of player. I mean, he's he's showing the pop, the 30 home runs. That, that to me, was really the big question on what he could do. Um, I would love for his ratios to come up. I mean, I think he's at an 830 OPS, which, don't get me wrong, isn't terrible. Sorry, 810 OPS. That's not terrible, but that's not a top-five shortstop type of OPS. His his love, his what he's adding to the team is going to be in the counting stats. The ability to drop 30 bombs, the ability to drop 50 stolen bases. Um, I would love to see what he could do on an offense that has something around him. Like, could this have been a 40-60 season from him if he had more plate appearances? Because he's down, compared to Ronald Cunion Jr., by almost 100 plate appearances, just because the lineup doesn't turn over that often. When you're in a lineup like the Dodgers or the Braves and you get that turnover, you have other guys. It's not just about the talent around you being able to get you across the plate more or to be on base in front of you more. It's also, do they get on base more so you get another opportunity? When you talk about, you know, upwards of 100 plate appearance difference, that's huge for counting stats. Uh, for me, Bobby Way still needs a little bit more on the average, particularly the walks as well. I'd love to see him take that Ronald Cooney change from strikeout to walk ratio. But this guy's a stud. He really, really is. You put him on a better offense where he gets more opportunities, the counting stats that he could put up are going to be ridiculous. The talent level that he has, I mean, he was 20, what, 20, 30 last year and then 30, 50 this year. Obviously, you can't expect him to go up to 4060, but even if you do, I mean, 2550, he's sitting 2550 is almost an expectation. If that's your expectation of a shortstop who plays good defense, man, sign me up. I mean, there's not many shortstops that I'm for sure taking over him at this point going into the next few years. Um, he's putting himself in that category and he still has room for improvement. And if he gets into onto a team at some point where he's got the development around, because I mean, let's be honest, when really was the last time the Royals had a good farm system they put through? It was the early 2010s to the mid 2010s. They don't really have the development there to make this guy a superstar, so this is kind of all on his own. If he got some help in any way shape or form, this is absolutely a top three shortstop in the game. And that's crazy to say because it's not like the shortstops are going down in quality. I mean, look at Corey Seager this year. He's putting himself in there as the best shortstop in the game with what he's doing in like 3 quarters of a season. You still got Lindor, you Bogart's having a down year is still having a good year. Like the shortstop class is still top notch and it's going to be for a while and he's put himself at the top of it very, very easily.
0: I kind of feel bad for him just because Kansas City players always get respected because you're kinda in the middle of the country. It's probably the most middle of the country team we have, right? Where it's not a big state like Texas, but it's also not as popular as, as the Cardinals or another kind of mid country kind of um, you know, team. But Nothing tells me how disrespected Bobby Witt Jr. is than the fact that last year he finished fourth in rookie of the year voting. And one of the people in front of him was Stephen fucking Kwan, right? Like, like that's where we're at right now, where, where you had a Stephen Kwan getting more rookie of the year votes when he had a way worse year than, than, than Bobby Witt Jr. Um, but look, man, I'm, I'm happy for him. I think like the sky's the limit for him. Uh, he grew up around the game. His dad was a major league pitcher, uh. You know, I think the, he's always going to compare – well, to me, right, I, I'm always going to compare him to guys like Julio Rodriguez and Adley Rushman, who are, like, the, like the actual elite players of that class, right? I'm not going to compare him to Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan was a one-year, like, wonder. But those three guys, um, with Witt, with Junior, with Jr., with Jr., Adley Rushman, and Julio Rodriguez, those three guys I'm always going to kind of, um, you know, I guess, analyze together just because I want to see where their careers go um, from that rookie class. But one one last thing, man. Last last week we talked about Cunha Jr. and guess what, man? He did it. We have we officially have a forty home run, like seventy three stolen base uh, player, which is the first time in our history seeing that. Um, in my opinion, there's no way he doesn't win the MVP. If he doesn't win the MVP, we have to, you know, I don't know, man. I don't even know what we have to do. We have to we have to call some people, um, you know, start a few petitions. But he should he should win the MVP, no doubt. Um, that takes us to the main part of our show today. And it's set. We have we have our playoff contenders. Uh, we're st- we still need the bracket as far as the seeding to be figured out, which that will happen in the next couple of days. But our playoff teams are set. In the AL, you have the Baltimore Orioles. They will solidly be your one seed. You have the Texas Rangers, who potentially will be your two seed. It's going to be between... The Rangers and the Astros, depending on who wins that division in the next couple of days. Right now, if both if, if, if both teams win, then uh, the Rangers stay in front. If the Rangers lose and the Astros win, Astros jump over them. Um, twins are solidly in at three, right? They won the division. So they will be no lower than three. Uh, Rays potentially get the, the first wild card. Uh, and then after that, the sixth team coming in is the Blue Jays. So just to repeat it, Orioles, Rangers, Twins, Rays, Astros, Blue Jays, and the AL. Your NL playoff teams. And this was this had a little bit of drama coming into this week because of, you know, leave it to the Mets to find themselves into playoff drama without doing absolutely fucking nothing. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but um the Braves, one seed, don't be surprised. Like they've they've absolutely coasted this entire season. The Dodgers are are gonna be your two seed. Brewers, three seed and then right now Philly's going to be your, your 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 first seed in the wild card. And then right now we're just um, going back between the D-backs and the Marlins to see who's going to get the 5th and 6th seed, but it's going to be between those two teams. Um, just just a little just a little story for the for the Marlins. Earlier this week they played the Mets. Mets had a little bit of a, of a, a rain thing. It's been raining like crazy on the East Coast. Go watch some world star fucking videos. You'll see jet skis on the middle of Park Ave. But aside from that, uh, the Mets basically fumbled the the grounds crew and and tarping the field as badly as you can fumble that. Where, in my opinion, if, if I'm the league, I probably find the Mets for doing what they did. They didn't cover the field a day they knew it was gonna rain, right? And then that meant that the next day they, the the Marlins couldn't play a game. At this point, the Marlins were, were half a game back. And look, the Cubs the, the Cubs fucking sucked the last few weeks, so they just basically said, "We don't want to make the playoffs. Sorry, guys." And they kind of got themselves out of it. But for a while there, it was looking like the Martins might have to play another, game, another inning of a game before the playoffs start. But, you know, all that said, man, what do you think about the teams that made the playoffs? Are you guys, are you guys excited for the playoffs with, this, with, with, the guy, with the teams in it? And, and Nick, I'll start with you.
2: I am, other than the Cubs being out of it. Like I said last week, uh, you needed a marquee team. There's, there's, For me, there's no excitement between Miami and Arizona. Miami could have a magical run like they've had in the past, where it's like, oh, playoffs, yeah, let's just win the whole fucking thing. Let's go. Arizona, ah. I mean, there's just, to me, there's not much excitement from either one of these two teams. There's really not the superstar that I want to see. Um, there's not this crazy manager that's going to be fun in the playoffs. Like, there's there's no real storyline to either of these. The Cubs, with the hist- history that they had and the run that they had, I mean, they would have been a lot more fun to watch, in my opinion. But especially when you're talking about playoffs, there's a lot of day games in the playoffs. And of all the teams that are in here that are going to pack the house for a day game, the Cubs would have been the team. Like, Chicago revolves around Chicago Cubs baseball and other sports, too. But they really revolve around their sports. And they would have packed the house on a day game where – I mean, if the Dodgers have to play a day game, I mean, we'll be, there'll be some empty seats for sure, at least in the first and the last inning. So uh, other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with it. I think it really played out the way that it should. Uh, obviously, you have division winners that take a higher seed than maybe better teams. So for me, the Twins at three because they won the division, sure. But I would love to see them be able to reseed in the playoffs and have Tampa Bay um, as, as a first-round buy. Their, Tampa Bay is clearly the second-best team in the American League. They have been all year, if not the first-best team for them to have to play that first round because just because they didn't win their division and they're better than two division winners to me really shows us kind of a flaw in the system but it is what it is you know it the whole time so win some more games so you don't have to worry about it but i like the way it's going to play out obviously we got to wait to see the seeding to see who plays where but i think there's going to be some really fun series coming up you might have very likely you could have a you know central division playing each other in the nl with the um or sorry with the Cubs being I mean, out you won't but there's definitely some some good matchups coming in. Atlanta and Baltimore, are clearly the number one seeds. They're going to get their break. They're going to get to line up the rotations. It's going to be hard to be either single one of them going forward just because they get all the advantages going into the playoffs. Um, but my big thing is watching the games last night, Houston's face when they won was it was relief. Like it was like they kind to get to take today off because they know they're in the playoffs either way. And it's you could see they it looked like they were worried. And then you had a couple of the guys, specifically Bregman, looking like, okay, this is our time. Let's go be the Houston Astros. I'm really excited to see what this team does in the playoffs because they've been here so many times. I mean, this is their seventh straight playoff. If I'm not mistaken, they're going for their sixth straight ALCS in a row. if They make it that far. It really looked like their faces were saying, good, we got through all the bullshit of the year. Now we can go show everybody what we're going to do. So I'm excited to see them come to the playoffs and see what they can put forward.
0: You know, I I'm not like mad at this bracket, right? With the with the NL, like I agree with you. I, I probably would ra- rather see the the Cubs in there. Um, obviously, like if we're gonna be completely honest, if the if the Padres could have made it in, I much much rather would have seen them than either the Mullers and the D Back didn't happen. That's their own fault. Uh, but you know, e- e- either way, man, with with this bracket, what I see is on the NL side, you have probably the two juggernauts in in, in the Braves and Dodgers that. Shouldn't lose to any of these other teams, honestly, if we're really talking about it and we're really kind of just judging it based on what it is, the Braves and Dodgers have played so well this year that they shouldn't lose to any of these teams on the n l side right like I get it brewers have have a uh three three headed dragon of rotation that can you know get some stuff done phillies they have an exciting kind of lineup so and and they're last year's you know n l championship team on the a l the AL is a fucking gauntlet, right? Where I think where if we talk about it, the worst team might be the division-winning Twins, which we kind of talked about a little bit last week. But every other team, you can make an argument for this is how they win. This is how they win the World Series uh, on the AL side. I think it's 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 absolutely ridiculous that the teams that are are in this are, are in this bracket. The Mar- the Mariners stay out of it, which I think we're all happy about because we said. This is not a team that we're excited to see in the playoffs. And they showed it, right? Like last yesterday, Luis Castillo, big game. They needed a huge game from him. Right? Pitching makes it makes or breaks you in the playoffs. Guess what? He's your ace. You paid him. He broke. Didn't make it pass the third inning. You know what I mean? If if that's what you're getting in the playoffs, Mariners had no chance. Um, you know, that was the last team that was even close, right? The Yankees are seven games back. to the second team that was in contention, so we don't have to talk about them. Rob, I'll kick it over to you, man. Are, are you excited about, about the the Teams going into the, road, into the playoffs right
1: now yeah I think I think there's a good number of of teams to be excited about I think it's also important um you know like you were doing a little bit to to talk about those teams that were kind of on the brink because those were teams that like kind of failed on their own end too right like maybe not so much a team like the Cincinnati Reds right because I think all of us were were looking at them like they're they're early. Like it's exciting to to have all these young players, like the Cruz and Matt McClain and all all these you know Spencer Steer and all these young talents that they have moving forward, right? Especially when they're kind of at that end of uh, turning a page on their franchise in a way, right? Like the Joey Bottos are going to start fading out and everything like that. They're they're headed towards a new era. Um, everyone knew they were a bit early. Chicago, Chicago got to 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 where they got. We all talked about Chicago should have sold at the deadline, right? Like, I I understand that they came close, but the reality is you had Marcus Stroman with with better numbers, who we all know is not like for whatever he does and has a good period of pitching here or there is not a guy that you should be necessarily super reliant on or a guy that you should be like, this is a guy that I'm going to hold on to at a deadline when he's putting up really good numbers. No, you should have moved Marcus Stroman. You could have also very easily moved Cody Bellinger. And if you were interested in, in bringing Cody Bellinger back in the offseason, you could have done that as well. You could have gotten some a package because I, I think Cody Bellinger would have given the Cubs a meeting either way, even if he got it would have gotten traded to, a, to another postseason contender or anything like that. He would have given the Cubs a meeting for them taking a chance on him in the offseason if, if the interest is there like, like it is. Um, you know, a lot of these teams, the Mariners, like, Yo, the Mariners. We talked about it before. Castillo, Kirby, and Gilbert probably one of those three-headed monsters as well in the postseason. We're not gonna see it because the Mariners. (laughs) The Mariners are the definition of an on-the-brink team. Like, like honestly, in the last decade, how many times have we seen the Mariners in this exact same position? Where, yes, they have a successful season because they win 87 or 88 games, right? Like that's a successful season in terms of like you put wins together. But you miss the postseason by a game or two. Like it's just like it's like the the you know they hang they hang the apple right there just for them to like barely be able to get to it every single year. I, like Seattle needs real change too. We just talked about the Giants. Seattle's another team that we keep mentioning. You need to find a way to add another star to that team. Like that's the only way that the team is going to take that next leap forward. But in, in terms of the teams that actually were able to make the postseason, look, man, there's there's a lot of interesting matchups. I was looking at at the two kind of leagues separately if you look at the nl exactly like you said if we do not get the atlanta braves versus the dodgers this is a failure of a season like 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 on the, like this is the absolute best season where there should be no competition for them on their end and that's not even just like my opinion that's like the stats saying it like if you look at the teams that are in the nl the NL literally has, out of all playoff teams, they have the three worst offenses in the NL with the Brewers, the Marlins, and the D backs out of the, out of the 12 postseason teams. Cause again, for what the Brewer, you could argue that on the two central ends, the Twins and the Brewers have the most, uh, the best pitching in terms of a one, two, three, right? You would have Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez, and Joe Ryan on in Minnesota, and then Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta over in Milwaukee. But the the benefit that Minnesota has that Milwaukee doesn't is offense. Milwaukee has nowhere near the same type of offense that a team like Minnesota has, which is why, you know, someone like Daniel has talked about Minnesota possibly being a favorite in the AL. Milwaukee is nowhere in that position for me, which is why I'm like, yeah, they have like their pitching could take them far. But at the same time, it's like that first round matchup with either with either Miami or Arizona, like. Could end badly for the Brewers. It's not like they have overly like great offense to carry them either, right? Like, yes, they have the pitching that should carry them, but let's say Burns or Woodruff go in there and give up three or four runs, right? That's not necessarily a situation that the Brewers could dig themselves out of. Like outside of Christian Yellick and William Contreras putting together what they've been doing, there's there's really no other guy that stands out for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, so on, on that end, I do worry for them. But again, this this should. Mainly be the brave Dodgers show. There's, there's the talent doesn't compare with these lineups. It doesn't compare with with these rotations. Um, yes, you can argue that the Dodgers are probably headed to the postseason with their weakest one, two, three em- in recent memory, right? Like, like there. I, I looked at it this morning. You're, yo, you're talking about a one, two, three that's probably going to be Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn, and Bobby Miller for the Dodgers in the postseason. At the same time, you are talking about. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman putting together two of the greatest offensive seasons like we've seen from players which which is another big thing that's been carrying the Dodgers. So, yeah, they they should make it there with the Braves, but again, no guarantee. And then look, if we shift over to the AL, I, I find that the AL has more flavor in terms of like mixing up matchups and and different types of matchups I can see because again, It should be Atlanta Dodgers in the AL. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a lot of good matchups out there. Um, Baltimore should, Baltimore, look, is going to be the one seed. I'm not trying to hate, but I don't view Baltimore as like the best team in the AL, like just power ranking wise. I don't know. Like I mentioned before, like there's something about Houston, even if Houston ends up being the third wild card, Like I feel like once the postseason start, like, yo, like everyone's going to remember like, oh yeah, by the way, like we're the defending champions. Like we're and we all have like all this talent at like every position. Like Houston, like I I saw someone say on Twitter a little earlier, which I agree with. Houston might be the most dangerous like six seated team, third wild card team, like in history. Like they should still be a World Series favorite, even if they end up the third wild card. So I don't know, man. For Minnesota, it like and that should be a problem for them, even if you get even if you don't get Houston, you get Texas, anything like that. But there's a lot of good matchups out there. I would say. I don't even know, bro. I don't even know. I don't even know. I have to wait. Like, I'm looking at them like this, and I'm just, because I had all the rotations written down and everything like that, and I'm just like, there's just so much talent all over the place that I have to see, wait to see what the official matchups are going to be. But if I had to just like be like, yo, there's one team that I'm looking at like, boom, you are the favorite, and it still has to be Houston. I don't, I don't know. I don't look at the other teams. None of the other teams make such a strong argument that I'm like, oh, yeah, you're blowing past Houston. I still have to look at Houston like yo, you're even if you're throwing a Verlander Valdez, Christian Javier hasn't been himself. Even if that's the one, two, three that you're throwing out there with that lineup that you have, you you have as as good a chance as anybody in the AL to make it back to the World Series. If we're if we're being completely honest.
0: So so would you say Houston is your favorite for for the world series right now?
1: Houston is my favorite out of out of the AL. I would say, I would say if I had to say right now, we're probably we're probably in a position where we get a Houston-Atlanta World Series. If I was saying, if I would saying the matchup that I would want to see just from like maybe an entertainment standpoint, I might take something like Atlanta, Texas. And Atlanta, Texas World Series is, is pretty solid for me in terms of, of, of the players involved and everything like that. Baltimore is obviously a entertaining team, but like I mentioned before, like I don't hate Baltimore. If Baltimore goes out there and falls flat on their face, I don't hate on Baltimore because they're riding on a lot of young talent. You feel me? Like, it's just like, you're not, it's not like you have a veteran team that's been there before and everything like that. I can't even judge these guys, right? Like if Adley Rushman, let's say for example, Adley Rushman goes out there and goes 0 for 15, right? I I can't, I can't judge Adley Rushman ahead of time because I haven't seen him there. After I see him in that position, then I could be like, oh, you know, like Adley, not necessarily the best postseason performer as of yet, but a lot of these guys, this is going to be the first time that that they're out there. So it's going to be interesting. And it's not like a lot of these teams where you're like, oh, they're making it back to the postseason. Like, yeah, but they're making it back to the postseason with a lot of veteran players. Baltimore is one of those teams where they got 100 wins, but I don't necessarily see them like that.
0: Nick, what about you, man? Who, who, who are you considering your favorites uh, for, for, for this playoffs?
1: I mean, in the
2: AL, it is the Astros. And the so I like where Rob is going as far as, you know, do you really trust the Orioles? Look, the Orioles are the best team in Major League Baseball for the regular season. And the playoffs is a different game altogether. when you talk about every pitch matters it really does like your game plan is not hitter by hitter it's pitch by pitch you really pitchers step up hitters step up and good pitching always beats good hitting because it's so hard to hit 97 on the black at the knees on the outside corner right after you got one up and in like i don't give a shit what you say i watched ty france yesterday take 98 almost off the dome and then sit on 98 on the outside. Yes, because in the regular season, you can sit on that type of shit. In the postseason, you really can't. You really, really can't do that. And you have guys on Baltimore who don't know what that difference is. They haven't seen the different level of, of quality. Baltimore is the best team in baseball. They have been the whole year, but I, they're not my favorite. I mean, it's got to be Houston for me. Aside from that, honestly, Tampa Bay would be my number two because they have the most experience on the team. And Kevin Cash has been there many, many times. But Toronto, I haven't seen anything in the playoffs. And I've seen them go up and down. I mean, I've seen Toronto seem like they don't even care to play baseball that day. Is that how it's going to be in the playoffs? I don't know. But I've seen it out of them. I don't trust Texas, even with Bochy there. I mean, as bad as they were and with their bullpen, as bad as it was. The bullpen in the postseason, we've seen since the early 2010s, the bullpen in the postseason sometimes can make or break. I mean, if you have that lockdown bullpen, you're kind of coasting through it. The Giants did it. The Royals did it. I mean, a good bullpen does a lot for you. The Twins, you know, I'll be honest, with Carlos Correa being there and what he's had in the past postseason, I think he's going to have this team at least mentally ready with an expectation change of the difference between regular season and postseason. But I got to go with Houston. They've been there so many times. It's, it's hard to go against them. And if you're going Justin Verlander and Framer Valdez for two of your starts, I'm not saying you're guaranteeing two wins. But there's two games right there that you know you're not going to be out of in a short series. Like, you know you're going to be in it. And when you go to a seven-game series, that's four games. That's the majority of the games that you know you're going to be in. Um, On the NL side, look, the reason I don't like it is because I don't see a path for Miami or Arizona to make it to the World Series. I don't. I don't see any world where they put together enough wins over any other teams. Philadelphia, yeah, they can absolutely hit 17 runs a game and get to the World Series. The Brewers, sure, I believe that their guys can just keep the, the opponent from one to zero runs every single start. Uh, the Dodgers, you know, they've been in the playoffs so many times and not won the World Series. Like, the Do- as much as they are a great team and they're a juggernaut, to say they're going to be in the World Series or win it, no. My money's not going to be on them because of how many times they haven't done it. So I got to go with the Braves as a clear favorite for not just this season, but they did it last year. They've been in the playoff deep runs a lot the last few years. They've got the experience. They do know the difference between the two. My biggest thing with Atlanta is Is Acuna going to show up in the postseason like he did in the regular season? Because if he does, I mean, he's starting legacy type talk. Not that he doesn't already have that, but if you have this year and then you have a playoff run like he does, that's my big storyline for this playoffs. What is Acuna Jr. going to do to really start his legacy of, look, I am the best motherfucker in this game. I know that there's that Otani guy and all he can do better than me is pitch, which is good, but I am the best player. In this game, if you talk about everything all around, if he comes through in the postseason and has a good series or a good couple series, I think it's going to be exciting. But the AL is super interesting because I see every team there. I see a path to the World Series and I don't see that in the National League, which is why I'm going to be way more interested in seeing the American League um, going forward, because I think they just have a lot of storylines. I would love to see the Baltimore Orioles run it, just run the table, go 11-0 and sweep everybody, because that would be an amazing story. These young guys to literally not care enough about, like, what should happen and say, no, this is who we are, let's go do the damn thing.
0: Acuna Jr. would be 102 off the mound, like, at least. I just got put out there. If we put Acuna Jr. on the mound he's pitching well, too, does he have any other stuff? Can he find his own different conversation? But if we're going pure VLO, he's, he's your Arolas Chapman from the, from the right side. No, man, look, I, it, it's tough, man. Look, on the, on the AL, right, like, I, I agree with you. I see a path for everyone except the Blue Jays. Except the Blue Jays, honestly. I think Blue Jays, by the way, Blue Jays were my early season, like when we did our prediction show. I said, hey, look, these guys are my World Series winner. I I had them winning the World Series this year. And to this point, they've done what they need to do to to get to that point. They're in the playoffs, right? That's step one. Get in the tournament. They're They're in their tournament, right? The second thing, though, is just how they got there. It's probably the most understated, most annoying, like, what, like, think about it. When's the last time we actually talked about the, the Blue Jays in a serious conversation, right, where, we talk, where we're talking about that team as doing something good or even doing something bad? We've mentioned them with Alec Manoa and his outburst more than we have anything else this season, right? And this is a playoff team. They're locked in the playoffs. They're not like a, a borderline team. They're solidly in there. And we just don't give a fuck, honestly, right? Like, is anyone overly impressed with Kevin Gaussman this year? No, he had so much more hype last year. Is he a good pitcher? Absolutely, he's a great pitcher. We haven't talked about it because it just hasn't been something that's, you know, out of this world. Chris Bassett, been good. He's been very good. But is, it, is, he, is he anyone we're talking about as a game changer today? No. You know, Alec Manoa, which is the person that we, we would have been talking about, he's not going to be on the roster. You know what I mean? Like, so when you think of the Blue Jays and how they got there, we talked about previously, Vladdy Jr. down season, right? Bubba Shett, he's someone who we would thought would be in the batting title you know, talk. He's at three ten, right? He's not. He's no. He's no. He's no like scrub, but he's not someone who we you know we're talking about as this you know offensive juggernaut. Not that he had, again. Not that he's been bad. He's just not someone in our conversation like that right now. So when you look at how the Blue Jays got there, oh, Chapman, right? Matt Chapman at third. Beginning of the season, we're talking about him as MVP potential. He's going to get a bajillion dollar contract. We haven't talked about this man after May, right? I think the last time we talked about was. The all star break and how we don't think you should make the all star team, right? Like, so for the Blue Jays team, everything is just like, I guess you're here, I, you guys made it, where are you supposed to be here? how do you get here again? I don't know. So, they're the only team in the AL where I'm just like, if they win it or if they win a series, I'd be generally surprised. I would be like, oh, that's that's different. I'm kind of surprised they did that. Everybody else, though, to, to, to Nick's point, man, I, I can see it, and, and to Rob's point too, right? Let's, the AL side is the side that's like, okay. Things can happen, right? There's a world where where the Twins beat the beat Astros, right? Because we've talked about it before, Astros aren't necessarily going in there with the strongest pitching staff. I think that Minnesota's offense can do things against Houston's, um, you know, pitching staff, right? So I mean, often they have to do it. That's that's where we're at, you know. The NL side, the one sneaky team, I think the Brewers can be sneaky. One of the things we talked about this year was the Dodgers' pitching rotation. They're not as they're not as Loaded as they usually are coming into the postseason. They're missing a lot of guys that we're used to having there, right? So who are they going to be relying on? Kershaw, who's kind of banged up, right? Who's after Kershaw? Like, if you guys were to
1: guess right now, who's your two after Kershaw? It's Lance Lynn, man. It's it's like, it's, it like it's, literally, it's literally Lance Lynn.
2: Yeah, it is Lance Lynn. I would put Bobby Miller, but it is Lance Lynn, unfortunately. <laughs> and we're going to see a nine spot in the first inning.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, do, do you guys not
0: think that? I'm not even going to just say the Brewers. I'm going to say the, even the Diamondbacks. Do you think those teams can hit against those guys? I think they can. Like, it won't be sexy, but they can do it.
2: The Royals can hit against Lance Lynn. They've done it.
0: <laughs> they, they literally have, yeah. So, look, what I'm saying is I don't think the Dodgers are this, like, juggernaut of, oh, we're so in, in front of it where either team can't, can't hit. Like, you know, obviously when we talk pitching staff, the Diamondbacks have Zach Gallen and, and that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? The Brewers would probably stack up better. No, nah,
2: Merrill Kelly's been solid this year. He's been a good number two.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'll give Merrill Kelly. But the Brewers have. Would you, would you Would you agree with me that the Brewers have a better chance pitching wise?
2: Oh, absolutely. Especially Wade Miley's got an under three ERA in his twenty three postseason starts. Like that's and he's your
0: fourth. He's your fourth guy. Bobby.
2: Yeah. He's your long reliever at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you know, I think there's a way that the Brewers kind of can get past Los Angeles, and then look like, between the Phillies and the Marlins. The Marlins are just one of those teams where, like, they got in because we have six spots, <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't, like, didn't fight their way in. It's not cool. Like, you, you got to see, like, their second half offensive stats to really compare. But I'm not excited about this Marlins team. It's not like what the Marlins in team in, in the past where you had a young guy that's, that's in your lineup that you're like, oh, this guy is the future of something, right? Whether it was Gary Sheff- Sheffield or whether it was um, Miguel Cabrero when he was 20 years old trying to, you know, de-head Raj Clemens. In the World Series. The, the point is, I, I just don't see the, the impact bats on uh, on Miami and able to get in front of anybody here. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, I, you know, to the youth point, there's a world where where Baltimore, you know, does great, but I, I don't trust their arms. They've had a, they've had a great second half um, where they pretty much ran away with, with the AL East, in my opinion. But look at the teams they were playing as well, right? And you can only play your, your opponents. But usually, I, I don't know if they're battle-tested is my, is my point right now, right? I don't think they've gotten into those big games. I know they had a big series of Houston um, like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, and they didn't, do, they didn't fare greatly against them. But, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. It's, it's, it's why we love postseason baseball. Um, okay, so look, how about this? Who's the player that you're most – I know you mentioned Ronald Cooner Jr., so let's keep Ronald Cooner Jr. out of it. Who's one player outside of Ronald Cooner Jr. who you're really excited to watch this postseason? And Rob, Rob, I'll start with you, man.
1: If I'm thinking about another player and and how they perform in the in the postseason, honestly, I just keep it simple. I, I'd go with Mookie Betts, um, simply because you know he's the main player who's been in that discussion with with Ronald Acuna Jr. as putting up an MVP level season. And you know, like like you also pointed out, like on the on the just to combine it with the the offense point, right? Like. I think that's what's going underrated in terms of the playoffs this year is is the offensive point. Like I know that we're talking a lot about like these you know these teams have pitching and all this stuff, but like yo like that's what creates this separation with like a lot of these teams and do they have an actual chance in winning? Right, like you just talked about the Marlins. The reason why the Marlins don't have a real shot of winning the World Series, like like they. I, I appreciate all the work that like King Nee has done in, in a short time because I this is only her what second year as the as the general manager of the Marlins and they're already back in the postseason. Great. And there's a lot of young talent on that team. But when your best offensive player is Luis Arias you don't have a shot to win the World Series. And I'm not trying to throw no shade, but it's just like it's not happening. Like, you cannot convince me that a lineup where your best hitter is Lisa Reyes has a legitimate shot of winning the World Series. That's what creates the separation with a team like the Dodgers, because even though the Dodgers have weak pitching, they still have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Mac Muncy back to being Max Muncy, J.D. Martinez back to being J.D. Martinez. Those four guys leading your lineup uh, with the additional pieces that they add in there, like, still produces a top three, top four offense this past season. So that that's kind of the strength. That's why I point at a guy like Mookie Betts, because he is the the, uh, the other offensive player who's on that same tier with Ronald Acuna Jr. in this postseason. And he's potentially the guy that could be the difference maker in a potential ATL Los Angeles series or any other series, really. I've actually got a
2: lot of players that I'm looking at, uh, but I'll narrow it down to two. Um, number one is Adley Rutschman. From the first time he stepped on the field, and pause to look around the stadium to take in the moment this kid has been ahead of everything like every level of the game he seems to be ahead of mentally and so I'm really excited to see is he going to do that even in the playoffs does he understand that this is a different game does he understand that as the catcher of the number one team in baseball how much pressure is on this kid and what can he do with it I'm really interested to see that because if he goes 0 for 15 like Rob said not predicted but said like That changes how I look at Adley Rutschman. It really, really does. But if he goes, I mean, if he hits 300 and has some quality, like some really good at-bats where they need him and picks up an RBI or two here, I mean, man, this this is getting in the Buster Posey territory of accolades early in the career. Like, this is a guy you can count on. And it kind of says Baltimore is going to be here for a while. If you've got your catcher doing this kind of shit, not only regular season but postseason, I'm all in for it. The other one for me is, you know, and call it a fanboy if you want, but Tyler Glasnow, like this dude can shut shit down almost like no other pitcher in the game when it comes to stuff and what he can do. And he came back early last year and pitched in the playoffs and had an incredible outing against the, the Guardians. If he can do the same, through, same thing through every single series, I mean, we're talking some, I mean, we might be talking some historical type of stuff that we see from him. And with all the struggles and stuff that he's gone through, I would love to see Tyler Glass now really, really come through in the postseason. So those are two that I'm, I'm looking at outside of Acuna Jr. at the highest level.
0: I'll start with a, with a pitcher. I'm looking for, for Freddie Peralta. Look, he's an easy young guy, kind of goes understated, right? He plays in the middle of the country. Um, there's two guys that overshadow him who have been there in Corbin Burns and, and Brandon Woodruff. But for me, Freddie Peralta has good stuff someone who is, like I mentioned, underrated. You think of him as the third guy in in a in a you know mediocre kind of team for the most part. I think he can have a coming up party this this postseason where we're looking at him and we're talking about him as a okay, this is a guy who who we can see as potential maybe not ace, but we can see him as a two, potentially a one on on certain teams. So I I wanna see how he does. I I wanna see his impact on, on the games when he when he's out there. The other guy Dude, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., how different do we think about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. if he comes into this playoffs and absolutely just lays the wood, right? Where I'm talking about taking over, taking over the the, the offense for for the Blue Jays. It's not gonna. It's not, it's not out of the question, in my opinion. I, I think he's someone who has good bat to ball skills. I think he has someone who has, who has elite bat to ball skills, and we just haven't seen it so far. Not that we haven't seen it so far, but we just haven't seen it consistently enough or to a level across. You know, 162 that we're really that excited about it. But I like you have a good enough offense where he can change, he can change the game where, where he plays. So I want Vladimir Jr. to kind of get some of his respect back and just go absolutely crazy this postseason. And you know, if I'm, again, if I'm looking at the bracket, if they they play the um, they play the Rays first, that's a great series to do it against, right? Taylor Glassner, which which is the guy that um, Nick mentioned hey, you get a couple of big hits against Tyler Glass now and a couple of other guys on the A's. put yourself on the map again. Because I think right now, if, we, if we're if we being honest, Vladimir Euro Jr. kind of fell off the map as a guy we're talking about as the top players in the game. He's not someone in that conversation. And he shouldn't. be. He hasn't really performed that way in the last couple of years. You have a great postseason. You, that, that changes, right? Shit, a great postseason had people putting putting uh, Pena from the fucking Astros in top five shortstop conversations. Do you guys remember that? Where people were coming... I don't know if it, it was Lesser... Sort of, People were talking about like, how's is Peña not like one of the top shortstops in the in the major leagues? i like, bro, he had one good playoffs. He's not he's not that good, right? But it kind of just launches your perception of, of a guy when, when you perform the postseason. I think Vladdy can do that for himself. I think he has the talents to do that, and I kind of hope he does. I mean, I I, I don't know, man.
1: Bro, I'm gonna tell you <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something right now. I'm gonna tell you something right now just because I I looked at the stats this morning. Yo, for for Vladdy. Go again. I'm not saying what his career is gonna be or anything like that. Just going into next season for Vladdy to have any sort of argument to even be top five at first base, to even be top five at his position, yo, he would have to go into this postseason and bat like six twelve, like that, like that, like that's how crit. Like, like, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, it. He can't even just go out there and be like, oh, I, I hit three twenty and and like had a nine fifty OPS. Like, no, he would still be out the top five. Like, that's how bad of a season. Which, which is not. I don't want to say bad. Again, it's by his standards. It's not like he went out there and got like a 650 OPS or anything like that. But that's how bad of a season by his standards he had that it's just like, yo, there is no there is no world statistically speaking where we can make an argument for Vlady being even a t- even top 5 at his position anymore, which again, is sad to see, but it's up to him to change his perception of himself.
0: Vladimir is going into the 25 year age 25 season. Or next year, next year he'll be, yeah, next year he'll be 25. He's gonna be have played five full seasons. In those five seasons, he has obviously his, his, his MVP two finish, that tiny one then that year, where he had an OPS over a thousand. If you average out the OPS for the rest of the, the his career, he's under eight hundred. Where his kind of baseline, like on a like positive side, would be like eight hundred. It's like an um, average player. He's, yeah, yeah, he's exactly. <laughs> That's it. Nothing like, special. He's, he's, he's someone who wouldn't be a considered a game changer. And does that change? I mean, I hope it does, right? Like, we, we saw the talent. We love the talent. Um, But it just hasn't shown up on the stats, and it just hasn't been a good movie, Um, by, by using his words, man. But, man, we're, we're about to get out of here. Is there any last thing you guys want want, want to say before we start our playoffs next week?
1: Yeah, I I wanted to point out a little bit and and you guys can talk about this as well um, just because it it went to an earlier point that Nick was making. I think what's going to come into play a lot in this postseason is going to be development and like how these teams like are running their franchises because like, again, I don't want to shit on a team like the Baltimore Orioles because they're still young and I'm not shitting on their player development or anything like that. But we look at a team like Tampa Bay, right? It's really impressive for a team like Tampa Bay to have their number one I I, like I personally consider at this point Shane McClanahan to be Tampa Bay's number one compared to glass now but to have their number one number three and number four starter go down and for them still to make the postseason and go in there with a one two three of glass what's going to potentially be glass now Zach Eflin and Aaron Savale. like it's just like to be able to have at least that one two three to give you a fighting chance in the postseason like just points to, you know, organizational awareness in that sense. They're always looking to add pieces where they need to add pieces. On the other end, you look at a team like Baltimore, right? We talked about all this year, where Baltimore is like one of those teams where it's like you should make a big move for starting pitching, right? Baltimore is in a position where, yeah, you have Kyle Bradish, but out, but behind him, you're looking at John Means now as which I'm a fan of John Means, but now you're looking at John Means to be your number two immediately in the postseason after he just came back. And I think he only made like four or five starts for coming back from injury. So now he's immediately your number two. Because who's go else is going to be your number two? Kyle Gibson? Like, it's just like, yo. So you're looking at John Means to be that guy now. It's crazy. <laughs> they're probably, they're probably,
0: they're probably going to throw um Tyler Wells and Kyle Bradish a, a decent amount. This
1: so I mean, means. John Means is going to be in that one, two, three as well. I'm just saying, like, it's just it could point to Balt to, to Baltimore's demise a little bit because we also have to remember Felix Bautista has to get Tommy John unfortunately yeah. so they they yeah. lose essentially a guy who's in that conversation for best closer in in the entire game you know that that's gonna eat away at their bullpen a little bit right like the like the the ending to the game just became a little bit longer for Baltimore yeah. in the postseason right so I gotta and, see and on my huge. end man and,
0: and, and, and that's huge that's something we talked about right if we can if their biggest thing was getting it to those guys, right? Where it was now instead of having it to getting it to the, instead of having to get to the sixth, now you have to get it to the, the eighth, right?
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> but that's that's dude. Those two innings, a lot can happen, and I don't necessarily know if they have the, the gap there, right? Danny Colome pretty good, but I don't, you know, different atmosphere here, right? Um, Jack Flattery, Flattery, which also came on the team, he was someone who I guess they would consider their you know big addition to that rotation. I think they have guys that can piece together. I don't know necessarily if, if they have that dude. Right? I don't know that that guy, Grayson Rodriguez. Is he going to be pitching? I, you know, I don't. I haven't heard about him in a little bit. Do, do you guys know if he's pitching?
1: This I, I think he'll be on the roster. Um, I, I got to tell you, they'll probably use him out the bullpen because I, I don't think you take Grayson Rodriguez and throw him out there to make a start, especially because you just mentioned like Jack Flaherty and everything like that. I, I honestly had forgotten about Jack Flaherty. That's how relevant he's been since he since he showed up to Baltimore. So it's like, again, you're talking about a group of, of probably those five guys now. So you have Bradish, Wells, Means, um, Gibson might be a, a bullpen piece then, and probably Flaherty is your fourth. So out of those four guys, those are probably who your main starters are going to be. But still, yo, compared call, to a lot of the pitching in the AL. Yo,
0: call me crazy. I'm, I'm, throwing, I'm throwing my, 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 my uh, big arm guys in there. Yo, Grayson, go out there. Let's see how much we can get out of you. Probably two or three at this point in your career. Right in a big situation like that. Um, same thing with with Kyle Bradish. I probably go out there and say, "Hey, look, give me give me two or three to see what we can get." Same thing with Flattery. I think he's a guy that can get you two or three innings. But yeah, I, I see I see your point there, man. It's stuff, stuff, stuff that has to piece together. Nick, bro, what what about you, man? What's something that that you have as a big ending to your season here?
2: So on the on the Orioles side of it, their their starting rotation is going to line up Kyle Bradish, and then instead of TBD and then TBD, it's going to be IDK and IDK for I don't know because they don't fucking have any idea um so two things i'm looking at number one uh we haven't talked about i'm surprised we haven't the astros are have a losing record at home this year and they're 50 and 30 on the road so i you know conspiracy theory maybe they want these last place seats because they're playing so much fucking better on the road 50 and 30 and have a losing record at home that's insane um but i'm gonna do a little get off my lawn moment fuck you milwaukee brewers all of you for having Rowdy Les close out the clinching game on the mound. Fuck out of here. You have pitchers who have dedicated their entire fucking life to be in the major leagues and you're going to throw Rowdy fucking Les to get the final out. That's the guy they're all going to get out of here. Brewers. I hope you go. I hope you lose seven games in a four game series. Fuck off. That's it.
0: Yeah. Look, look, like, my, my, my thing is, you know, as fans, we got to like keep things in perspective, right? So every every once in a while I'll tweet something that gets way too much attention that I'm not even trying to get attention for, that just happens to get attention, right? This week it was someone asking about Anthony Volpe and what you rank his season from his rookie season from one to ten. I said I gave it a two or three. I compared it to guys around the league at the shortstop position. I honestly think that he was a bottom ten shortstop this this season. When you took when you look at the guys around the league, right? This isn't comparing him to, to, to Hall of Famers. This isn't comparing him. To
1: like you know, yo. With, are, can I just say upset. ahead of time that this is gonna be a future this this is gonna be a future episode right now because I I just want it recorded that he said that Anthony Volpe is a is a bottom ten shortstop year. in the league no, right this now year. this, year, this no, year no no this year yo yeah I'm a, I'm gonna have to disagree just off the top of my head I'm gonna disagree I'm gonna disagree because like I could have caught I literally caught myself the the other day making an argument for him being like top twelve. So like so like, no, he he
2: still can Tatis Jr. and and uh, Manny Machado at shortstop though. I'm just
1: saying I'm just saying because like I, I no, no, no 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 I'm not gonna let myself get caught because he he gave Anthony Volpe season a two or a three so I don't I, if I start if I start going I'm a rant for 18 minutes so I don't I don't want to I don't want to. No
0: no but my point my point my overall point is is yo keep you into perspective right for for everybody right like 2023 is 2020 2023. It's going to mean certain things for 2024, but it's not the, the end-all, be-all, right? There's a lot of teams outside of playoffs looking in right now that next year are going to be a problem, right? Look, like, don't, again, don't be surprised if teams like the Cardinals come in next year and are, you know, yeah, Cardinals, the Yankees, right, the Giants. All, all these teams could come in next year and legitimately be contenders, right? And, and you know, the way the playoffs expanded this year, we got, to stop, we got to stop falling for, like, hot take culture. You know what I mean? These are long seasons. Not only are they long seasons – but there's also, like, a lot of context here, right? Like, again, if if, if I would have said in on May 1st, Matt Chapman's a bum. He's not even a guy who deserves a, you know, 100-plus, 100 100-mil-plus 100 contract. Everyone in the world would have came in, you're a fucking idiot. He's about to win the AL MVP. And that's, like, a month in, right? Baseball's a long, marathon-ass season. So I'm just saying, like, keep that shit in perspective. I think our, our show does a pretty good job of doing that, right, where we don't really go to the extreme of a lot of stuff but i'm just saying keep that everyone should keep that same energy man because it's 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 a long fucking season um and and that's pretty much where i'm gonna end off here man we will catch you next week we're gonna be talking playoffs um seating will be had Games will have been played we'll be able to analyze you know teams might be eliminated by that point (laughs) next week already but we're looking forward to it man We'll, we'll catch you guys next week